One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. I also want to thank you ahead of time for listening to the podcast. It's a pleasure to produce and I'd love to share my passion for podcasting with more people. So if you enjoy this show, please help me spread the word either by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher or sharing this episode. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips of success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. I know I certainly did. Uh, As a side note, I actually moved out of London at Christmas so that I could be close to the coast and to get some time... Uh, basically just to work on some projects that I've been wanting to finish for years now. So I'll still be working on and off in London, but uh, what this does mean is that I won't be able to interview people every week, unfortunately. But nevertheless, I will still be doing the podcast every week, but the chances are is that I'll be exploring topics, uh, probably from the numerous books that I read weekly and sharing my viewpoints with you. And then when I'm able to get great guests on the show, I'll be sure to get them on. I'm hoping that it will still be an enjoyable listen. Let me know what you think and if it's terrible realistically I'll probably keep doing them anyway uh, because I haven't really got any other options and I enjoy doing them but it's always nice to get some hate mail now and then so uh, let me know what you think and I'll push it in hopefully the right direction. So to kick off the new year I wanted to talk about a theory I have and I actually gave this talk at the University of Bournemouth last month and it's called the influence of inputs. It's somewhat obvious I think but it's not talked about enough And I think it's got huge implications in people's lives. So I I just wanted to share it with you today. So this theory initially arose because I was doing some research about how to be more innately creative. And the questions that I were asking myself were, who am I? How did I become who I am? And why does that matter? Now, the conclusion I came to uh, is that I am who I am because of genetics for the most part. But I'd say I am who I am also because of an amalgamation of my circumstances and inputs. Now, to put that into context, if you grew up in Liverpool, is it not true that you'd likely speak with a Liverpudlian accent? Likewise, if you grew up in China, you'd probably have eaten dog in your life. If your parents are ardent racists or overeaters, you too are more susceptible to possess those beliefs or behaviours, especially at a young age. So to ask this question is important for a number of reasons. Have you ever contemplated, for example, that... Maybe if you were born in Germany during the World War, whether you too might have fought for the Nazis. Assuming that you generally agree with this premise, then it's true that our circumstances and environment play a huge part in determining who we are. It's hard to stomach, but nevertheless probably true, that the most determining factor as to how well we're going to do in life is determined before we've ever been born. Could you contend that if you were born in the hills of Afghanistan, that you stand an equal likelihood of having a great life compared to a child born to an architect in Surrey, for example? Probably not. However, luckily for most of the listeners to this podcast, I doubt you need to worry about these inhibitors. The fact that you're listening right now suggests that your circumstances are somewhat better and you are without doubt the lucky ones. However, going back to my original statement, genetics plays a huge part in who we are, as does circumstances. Both of these are, for the most part, outside of our control. But the third thing, inputs, well, inputs are different. However much we believe in our level of intelligence, no matter how adept we think we are, It's easy to be humbled when I pose just the simplest of hypotheticals. Suppose I take you and drop you on a desert island with nothing but infinite resources to create what you like. 
how many of you would be able to recreate anything close to the level of sophistication we all have today? Can any of you make a light bulb from raw materials, a heater, a pair of shoes, a computer? Likewise, if I erased your memory and dropped you on a desert island, how many of you would come to the conclusion yourself that the ocean moves because of gravity from the moon, that there are 365 days in the year that you could rub sticks together to create fire? If you're anything like me, it's likely that you wouldn't be far off a caveman again. All these things that we supposedly know, we understand because we live in a world where we can share information. But the question is, where do we get this information from? Well, typically, we tend to believe people in positions of authority and come to believe these beliefs are 100% fact, despite never verifying these beliefs for ourselves. My point is, be it the news, your favourite YouTuber, your parents or even me, the choices of information you choose to accept ultimately determine your beliefs and hence they affect how you act and respond in life. As I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I initially started down this line of inquiry because I wanted to know how to become more innately creative, to have better ideas that are more readily available. And what I came to realise is that there's no such thing as a unique idea. Ideas are almost always an amalgamation of other ideas combined in new ways. And the source material for those combinations are what we consume day to day. If you study ideas, you'll also discover that what tends to resonate with the mass audience is when something is different. However, there has never been a time in history when popular culture has had the power to reach so many people. The cognitive bias known as the bandwagon effect is in full swing. And when tastemakers deem something to be worthy of praise, it gets disproportionate levels of attention from a mass audience. So what does this mean? Well, I can almost guarantee that despite our beliefs to our own resilience to media and other people, all of us will at some point have been susceptible to doing something purely on the basis that other people think that it's good. Be that watching Game of Thrones, going out or believing in something without ever questioning the source, it's in our nature to identify a tribe and to blindly follow the crowd. The problem with this, from a standpoint of making progress in life, is that if you imagine that every time you consume something, you place a reference ball in your brain to that input. The more popular something is, the better chance other people also possess that point of reference. So when it comes to creating new ideas, the collection of references that you have at your disposal, everyone else also has, and you end up creating nothing of real novelty. Nothing capable of cutting through, because you don't possess unique points of reference. As an example, how many films are published each year, many of which are almost identical in plot and execution to that of every other? Compare that to an individual like Quentin Tarantino, who worked in a video shop as a kid and hence watched films in multiple languages from really unpopular filmmakers in genres with all kinds of off-kilter plots and production methods. Then you can understand why he is capable of creating films that captivate our attention and surprise us. Whether he made a conscious effort to or not, he was exposed to unique inputs, and hence his output was different enough and to a high enough standard that it cut through the noise. To sum up... If you want to be more than just an average person, if you want the capacity to cut through, to be unique, to have something new to say that others don't, then I encourage you to become conscious about what your inputs are and try not to be swayed by the opinions of the mass. Be the discoverer, not the follower. When you follow, you're susceptible to the will of others. I don't think it's possible to eradicate this completely, but it certainly helps to be comfortable finding your own source material and to question if you're in good company when consuming content. Look in places where others don't. Go deeper than Google in search of information. And over time, your points of reference will be so different that this will give you a distinct advantage when it comes to standing out 
having ideas and making your mark in life. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was useful in some capacity. Uh, Let me know your thoughts and till next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe and share. As a final parting word from me, I'd like to invite you all to an ongoing project called the Move Me mailing list. The Move Me mailing list includes links to all the interesting things I've uncovered that month, as well as resources I've discovered and insights that I believe will move you forward. So join the thousand plus early adopters who've joined the list already and see what all the fuss is about. Finally, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a great week and see you next time for another episode. Bye for now. Today's episode was sponsored by Phoebe.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit Phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I.com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas. <laughs>